May we start? I want to get your opinion on something. To the bigger picture. Now it's time. From B Media Production, this is Podcasting Essentials. Hi, and welcome to episode 18 of season three. I'm Nick Schuldberger, Managing Director of B Media Production. This episode, we speak with a veteran radio come podcast producer, Matty Stout, who founded his own branded podcast company based in California. But first, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Chris Ashmore. G'day, Nick. There's been a lot of talk recently about microcasts. There have has. you heard of that? I have. Just in the past week or so, um, there's a couple of articles, one by Lars Murray in uh, Variety and um, recently from Cherie Hugh in uh, Nick Quar's Hot Pod newsletter. And they're kind of um, these shorter form podcasts, six minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, that kind of thing. It's really interesting. And uh, I think it's just showing the progression that podcasting is taking. Um, if you haven't seen it, check out the show notes to see what we're talking about. But basically, Spotify has collated through algorithms a playlist called Your Daily Drive. It's really amazing. It's so the one I've got on my phone, obviously, is um, songs and um, themes that I'm interested in. So there might be one or two or three or four songs. Yep. And then there'll be a podcast that's anywhere from, say, two minutes to 10 minutes, then another two or three or four songs, then another podcast. And the podcasts, obviously, are things that I've tapped into that I'm interested in. Yeah, so they're curating content based on your activities in Spotify. Absolutely. And it's called, you know, your daily drive. So basically tapping into the habits that we form using smart speakers and using the entertainment system in the car. I think it's really, and and this is something that Sheree Hugh is talking about in the article in the Hot Pod newsletter, that this is a a glimpse of the future, the way things are going to be. So I think it's sort of incumbent on brands as well. What can they do that may be a daily? And sort of form stuff. We talked about it on a previous episode where we looked at podcasts that have been started in the last 12 months versus podcasts that were started five years ago. There are a lot higher percentage of shorter podcasts now that under 15 minutes, that duration wasn't really a thing as recently as five years ago. So we're definitely moving to shorter content. Absolutely. And it does make sense. You know, we always hear about the average commuting time is about 25 minutes. But why should that be a parameter with setting your duration of your episodes? Some people, you know, on the weekends, I drive for seven minutes to go from one place to another. Why isn't there something for that space? And more people have got those periods of five or seven or 10 minutes up their sleeve than they do 30 minutes, 50 minutes or an hour. Yeah, well, I I drive for half an hour, but I'd probably prefer to listen to three awesome 10-minute podcasts than one 30 or 40-minute podcast. Exactly. That's right. Now, before we get on to Maddie Stout, who has his own branded podcast production company, there was some research around branded podcasts done just recently by StoryWorks, which is the branded content division of the BBC. And the reason I raise it is because they showed some stats that said that, this is about advertising, that a branded podcast is 22% better than TV at engaging consumers. And I thought that was just something that, you know, we're talking a lot about branded podcasts, that it was interesting that this survey showed that people that identify themselves as people that already avoid ads in TV, which you can, you know, you can fast forward on time delay, that sort of thing. 
So that's who they surveyed, and they did some research analysing the brain activity of these people while they were listening to podcasts, and they were more engaged by the ads in the podcast than they were by TV, which was, was interesting. Well, there you go. It all depends, I suppose, on the ads. You know, extrapolating that to general listening, and it does depend on the ad, doesn't it? It does, very much so, and you talked to Matty about that as well. So, speaking of Matty... Okay, well, today's interview is with Matty Stout, former VP of podcast programming at iHeartRadio, and today he's founder of Jam Street Media, similar to BE, producing audio content for brands. We chat about a few things, particularly why podcasting is getting so big now all of a sudden. Here's the interview. I think the the main thing that's changed is the technology. You know, at the end of the day, people still want to hear good storytelling they like spoken word. You know, when I was a, a DJ, I moved into doing talk and doing talk show morning shows because for me, that was easy. You know, four hours of talking, not a problem. You know, I like prepping. I like doing that. And I think my shows were always successful because people related to them. And I was living my life on the radio. And I came from the Howard Stern School. My mentors came from there. And, you know, and I worked in New York. And, and that was always the thing. It's like whatever we brought into the door, we put on the air. So I think that that fundamentally is the same. It's just how people are consuming audio. It has changed so much. And even from the time when we started Stitcher 12 years ago to today, you know, I think the reason podcasting is booming is because the technology is finally caught up to the content and the content has gotten so much better. There's so much better content than what we had available in podcasts uh, 12 years ago. Well, tell me about Stitcher. I mean, 12 years ago, that's you're a pioneer in the audio space. What got you into Stitcher and, and what is Stitcher? So Stitcher is, you know, for a long time, we were the only podcast app outside of iTunes. And it was the only one you could listen to on an Android phone. So I was doing a morning show in San Francisco, very successful. Things were fine. And I got tired of it. I kind of realized I was, I didn't want to end up being one of those radio guys that was going to chase jobs his whole life and, and work in mornings and have to get to work at 5am and, and, you know, get up at three o'clock. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know what podcasts were. I just knew it was on demand and it was talk and it seemed like a really good idea to me. And I I thought maybe I'd make a a few million dollars starting a startup, uh, which I was sorely mistaken. One thing they don't tell you is don't ever start a company too early. Uh, we were way too early. You know, we thought in six years that podcasting will be where it's at today. And it just didn't get there. It just, you know, it took a little longer. But the last three years, it's just boomed so much. And now Stitcher has evolved into this company that is also in content and creating, you know, in the ad space as well. And, uh, you know, through a couple of acquisitions, it's become quite a big company now. Why do you think it took so long to get to where we are today? One, I think the technology, and I think people are still asking, you know, how do I listen to a podcast? And then second, the content. You know, we needed some breakout hits. And, and I always, you know, tell people that I'll never forget, you know, I teach at a university and I, I never will forget the day I walked into a class and somebody came up to me and started talking to me about the latest episode of Serial. And someone else in the class said, don't say anything. I haven't listened yet. And they walked out of the room mm. and, and that floored me. I'd never had that happen with a podcast. I'd never had that happen with a podcast. And I was like, okay, maybe we're onto something here and this is going to finally take off. And even at that point, it still took a couple more years. And I think it took, you know, more people getting into the space on the creative side. And also, you know, we're still having a lot of trouble getting advertisers that are, you know, committed to doing podcasts. Everybody's talking about it. They all, they all say they want to get in the space. But, you know, when you compare the money spent on radio to podcasting, it's night and day. 
That's right. You were also doing work at iHeartMedia, and for those listeners who don't know what iHeartMedia is or iHeartRadio, what is it? So iHeartRadio was originally a radio company. It was called Clear Channel Communications up until I think eight years ago when the company uh, changed its name to iHeart, created this app, and started to really understand the need to put their radio stations on a streaming platform. Since then, it has evolved into podcasting uh, with the acquisition of How Stuff Works. It's now become the biggest podcast producer in the world. And it's one of those companies that is it's really big and it's everywhere. And uh, a lot of a lot of fun to be a part of, but it's also you know still one of those companies where it, there's so many different things that it's doing. It, it's hard to keep track of everything. And what was your role there? So I was the very first VP of podcast programming in the country in any radio company, you know. And I only came back to radio because finally somebody was like, "Hey, we, I think we need to really you know do more with podcasting." And and I was like, "Okay, then I'll, I'll come do that." I had kind of sworn off radio for a while because I just I, I was frustrated. I just didn't feel like it was ever going to get it when it came to podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like it's still trying to get it. There's being moves made, but there's still not nearly the amount of money put into podcasting as there is into the terrestrial radio side. For obvious reasons, the return isn't there yet, but it, you know, I think it will be. Well, you've got big syndicated radio stations like Westwood One now in, the, in North America that's diving deep into repurposing their radio into podcasts and making new podcasts. I think they have, was it Ben Shapiro, one of the most popular radio shows and uh, many others? Is that the way radio's going now as well? And they've probably got the infrastructure and the money and the resources to make a good go of it. Well, that was our first our first thing to do when I got to iHeart was to make sure that all of our major shows were also podcasting on-demand versions of their show and then trying to create some original content outside of it. So we were really ahead of the game on that. And I think that's a starting point for a lot of radio. But the radio companies now, iHeart, Entercom, Cumulus, these are – so Cumulus owns Westwood One and Entercom has bought Cadence, which is a big podcast company. We bought How Stuff Works. Um, I think you're going to see more the acquisitions of podcast companies by the radio companies because of the cash that they have in hand to do things like buy podcast companies and kind of enter the space that way. One thing I learned in my job was that converting radio people to podcasting, it's not a slam dunk. Not everyone can do it. You know, Being able to talk between songs does not equip you to talk for 30 minutes on a podcast. Exactly right. Now, Maddie, you've recently founded Jam Street Media. What is it, Maddie, and who do you help? I started Jam Street with uh, partner Jessica Navarro, and she comes from TV. She was running production for uh, Mark Wahlberg's company, and you know we just saw that we could work together because she sees things a little different than I see things, and kind of bigger picture. So it's it's a neat perspective to have brought into the company. And I've been doing branded shows on the side for a few years for a couple companies, and you know our main push is to partner with great companies that have stories to tell that we can create podcast for. And then we'll, you know, I think eventually we'll slide more into doing more, more show development with non-branded shows, but that's where we're starting. It's something I, I love doing because when a brand gets involved, if it's a good brand, you know, you, you've got a budget, you've got a lot of creative freedom to work within the confines of the brand's values and, and create some cool shows. 
All right. Well, let's look at this. I mean, this is what this podcast series is all about, and that is branded podcasting. In your view, then, what is it about branded podcasts? Why are they becoming so popular for businesses and for organisations? Why would a company want to produce one? Well, I think a couple of reasons. And, you know, you control the message. You're not an ad that's being lost with other ads. You know, we are becoming an increasingly uh, non-ad friendly world. My students, when I have them in class and I have them kind of, you know, give their perspective on radio and make them listen to a radio station, which none of them ever do on their own time, they all come back and like, I can't believe anybody would sit through all those commercials. You know, they just can't fathom it. So, you know, with the podcast, you know, you can create something great and have your brand on it. And the other side, the real return on investment is is the metrics. We can get such a fine line on on so many cool metrics for them that that's something that that they don't even think about when they first think about wanting a podcast. They hear that podcasting space is hot, we should be in the space, but then you know when they find out, oh my gosh, there's all these amazing metrics that you can get from a podcast about the listener. Uh, that's another great return on investment for them. Do you have any examples of uh, any branded podcasts that work for companies? I've done a few. One that I've, I always am very proud of is we worked with the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco and created a few podcasts. One of them is the one that we have out now. It's called Zip Code Economies. And it's a basic storytelling podcast uh, going to these smaller communities and talking about the economy and how it's affecting people. It's not something you would ever think, oh my gosh, the Federal Reserve Bank produced this. It's uh-huh. just a really good storytelling podcast. And then I've done one for, you know, we did one for the California Beef Council where we don't even talk about meat half the time. It is basically a podcast about lifestyle living on the West Coast and talking to bloggers and, and food critics and, and chefs and, and have some fun with that. But, you know, there is a lot of great branded stuff out there right now. Um, and it's just going to get better. Well, if a company or organization is looking to create a podcast or any type of audio content, how do you walk them through, say, a a podcast strategy? I think the first thing I do is I explain to them all the things that go into creating a podcast and distributing a podcast so that they can quickly understand it's not something they can undertake with an intern in the back room, which is what a lot of companies at first think because we still have that fight in podcasting where people think about podcasts as two guys, pardon my language, in a garage telling dick jokes for four hours. And that is the you – know, a lot of people think, well, it's just it's just a podcast. You just put in a mic and start talking and, and then throw it up. So you know, it's one of the first things that we do is let them know the amount of production that we want to put into something. And then also – you know, how we work with them on on a concept, because usually the first concept a brand has is more of an infomercial and less of a podcast. And that's where we have to, you know, really work with them on on concepts. And and that's what I do. You know, that that was basically my job, you know, for the last 12 years is I create shows, I work with talent, I'm, that's what I, you know, feel like I'm strongest at. So that's really the fun part for me. And then, you know, I've got some guys that are just really awesome at metrics and distribution and making sure the SEO is right on the podcast notes and, you know, those kind of things that they don't think about when they think about creating a podcast. Now, we touched upon this earlier in the um, interview, Maddie, but uh, according to Edison Research, online listening has uh, tripled in 10 years. Today, 32% of Americans listen to podcasts in the last month, and that's up from 26% in 12 months. There seems to be a huge uptake of people listening in the United States. Do you get that feeling too, that it's really catching on this year? And why is that if you do? And what does that mean for the future of uh, 
listening to audio on demand? Well, first of all, you can't go anywhere and not have people talk about podcasts in the United States, mm-hmm. advertisers as well. And, and for me, it's the inundation of emails that I get from folks I've worked with over the past 12 years who have been like, oh, you were right about this podcast thing. But I think a lot of it has to do with, A, there's great content and the content. I mean, there's so much great content to choose from right now in podcasting. But again, I I always get back to the technology. It's become easier for people to listen. And especially with connected cars, you know, most folks now have their phone connected into the car in some way, shape or form. So they are consuming more audio digitally. You know, there is a mass migration from radio. We've seen it in the numbers. And it's just, you know, and it gets down to, you know, people want what they want to listen to when they want to listen to it and not have so many commercial interruptions. So I think that's what's making uh, this drive happen towards listening. You know, and I I could have told you that five years ago from just talking to my freshman college students because they don't own TVs. They don't listen to the radio. You know, that's a foreign world to them. You know, as as foreign as the generation before them thought landline phones were. I mean, that's all foreign to them. Well, that was five years ago. I don't know if you're into crystal ball gazing today, but um, where will we be, say, in five years from now or 10 years, do you think? I think that we'll see more and more on demand. I hate to say it because I love radio, but I think terrestrial radio will continue to see people fleeing from the terrestrial way of consuming it, but not from the content. But I think the content will need to change a bit in order to keep people interested. I personally would like to see less commercials. I'd rather see people charge more for spoken word, you know, live read commercials than for the commercials that are beat you over the head a million times with it. I think that you'll see more of that happening as well. But as always, you know, I don't know next year, there might be a new technology that will change everything. But uh, for now, I think that that's where the drive and the push is going. And and again, you're seeing more and more cars leave the road that aren't connected. And the more and more cars that are connected and on the road, the more this is just the way people listen to things. Well, indeed, I think you could be right. Maddie. thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the future. Good luck with Jam Street Media. But it was really good to speak with you. Hey, thanks, Chris. Awesome. That was Matty Stout, Jam Street Media. It's um, interesting how he says that advertisers are still not committing to podcasts like they are in radio. And I wonder what that is and, and when the turning point's going to be. They're probably just looking for more data and analytics to show that it's working. I think advertisers are pretty risk-adverse with new things. Podcasting's still new. Radio's been around forever. So maybe they're just taking their time to, to see the runs on the board before they tip more money in. But having said that, as we've discussed before, $1 billion is what they're looking at in 2021. So Mm. it's not an insignificant amount of money for a medium that's still relatively new. That's right. I mean, the numbers aren't there yet like radio, but surely it'll happen soon. But one other thing he's talking about is he's a lecturer at university and his Mm. freshman class, the first years, they don't watch telly. They don't listen to the radio, perhaps like you and me used to old man. Still do. <laughs> and still do. They can't stand the ads. I kind of understand. That's what I was talking about, like just before the interview, about ad blocking. You know, there's you can stop ads on popping up on your computer now. You can record a TV show and watch it minutes after it went to air and fast forward the commercials. So we've sort of become, with technology, we've become more accustomed to skipping ads. Well, you think with a podcast, there's normally one or two ads. And in a 20-minute podcast, for example, you'd probably remember them. 
Whereas if you open a newspaper or if you listen to the radio, you're bombarded with 20, 30, 40 ads. You're not going to remember. You might remember one or two, but you're not going to remember the vast majority of them. And I think you see in the analytics now, you're probably less likely to skip over a 30-second ad in the middle of a 20-minute podcast because it's just one ad. If you're driving the car, you're not going to probably pick up your phone for the sake of a 30-second ad. So you're probably going to get less skipping of ads. And for a brand... If you're producing a podcast as content marketing, people don't see it as an ad. It's, they're associating what they're learning or what they're being entertained by from your brand for the simple fact that it is yours. So you're not intruding on their time or their enjoyment. Yeah, and Maddie was talking about from a, an investment point of view from the advertisers, the first thing they want to know is what's the return on investment. And a few years ago, it was harder to tell. Now, he explained that with technology and with better hosting companies and metrics, they can now start to see what listeners are doing through podcasts and what numbers of people are listening to their ads. And I think, again, with, with technology, I agree with him, that's going to help advertisers come more and more into podcasting. Absolutely. Watch this space. Definitely. Well, I think that's about all we have time for today. Chris, thanks for joining me. Always good to be here. And if you'd like to chat to us about creating a podcast for your brand, we'd love to hear from you. Or for more about us in general, you can check out our website at be.com.au. From all of us at B Media Production, thanks so much for listening. Listener.